0: Hi, this is Dan Fleisch, and this is the podcast for the preface to A Student's Guide to Vectors and Tensors. In this podcast, I'm just going to introduce you to the book, and I'll tell you a little bit about the goal of the book and why I think these topics are worth your time. I'll tell you about how the book is structured and how I think you ought to approach it to get the maximum out of it. I'll talk about the supporting material of which these podcasts are And finally, I'll end up by telling you a little bit about for whom I wrote the book. My goal in writing the book is right there in the first sentence of the preface, really pretty straightforward. It's to help you understand vectors and tensors so that you can use them to solve problems. You're going to hear a theme through the podcast, and you'll probably see it in the writing of the book as well. I am a great believer... That in addition to reading and studying the material in the book, you should also work through the examples and work the problems at the end of the chapters. Now, as you're going to hear in a minute, every problem has a full solution, interactive solution online. So don't be afraid of the problems. If you look at them and you go, I have no idea how to start this, there's help available online for free that you can use as a resource. You've probably already seen vectors somewhere. If you've ever taken a college course or even a high school course in any kind of physics or physical science, you've probably run into vectors before. You probably have in your mind as objects with magnitude and direction, and that's absolutely fine. That definition will serve you well. You'll be able to solve a lot of problems just knowing that much. I think you're going to find that vectors, since they are a subclass of a much wider class of objects called tensors, become much more powerful if you're willing to dig a little deeper. And that's what the second half of the book is all about. So the book is divided into three chapters about vectors and three chapters about tensors. The reason tensors are so important is because when you write an equation using tensors, you don't have to worry about which coordinate system you're in. And that's what caused the great mathematician and author Lillian Lieber to call tensors the facts of the universe, because they stand apart from any particular coordinate system that you might be observing from. There's a lot more about that in the later chapters of this book. I think tensors are a lot easier to understand if you've got a solid foundation in vectors before you dive into tensors. That's why the book is laid out like it is. As you'll see, there are a lot of ways to describe vectors. In the preface you'll see a number of definitions about magnitude direction or ordered sequence or transforming between coordinate systems in certain ways. Those are all correct definitions of vectors, but I think you achieve a deeper understanding when you can understand why each of them is true and might be useful to you in solving certain kind of problems. So I hope by the end of the book, if you work your way all the way through, you'll understand the value of each one of those definitions. Now, as I said, the book is structured in a way that I think will help you take as many steps in the direction of tensors as you'd like. The first three chapters deal with vectors. Chapters 1 and 2 present concepts of vectors and operations of vectors. And then chapter 3 has some pretty detailed examples of how you use vectors. If you're already really solid on vectors, you can probably either skim through that or skip that material entirely if you'd like. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 then get into tensors. Chapter 4 deals with coordinate system transformations, which are critical to understanding tensors. Chapter 5 talks about higher rank tensors. And Chapter 6, just like Chapter 3 talked about vector applications, Chapter 6 talks about a few tensor applications. One in mechanics, one in electricity and magnetism, and one in general relativity. So, how is this book different than other books on these same topics? I'll let you be the judge of that. But one thing that's a little unusual is that this book gives equal treatment to vectors and tensors. So you can really select the part of it that's interesting to you. And as you work through, please avail yourself of the podcast if you find that you're one of those people who learns better by hearing or maybe would like to hear a slightly different explanation and work through the problems. At the end of the chapter, there's about 10 problems at the end of every chapter. Please work through those. Some of them may be very straightforward for you and you can just knock them right off. Others may look impossible to do, but that's why the full solutions are online and it's interactive in a way that you can get a hint or you can get a second hint or you can get a third hint. Some of the problems have as many as six or seven hints, some only two. But the idea is I tried to make that a resource that you'll be able to use as a learning tool rather than something that you feel anxiety about not being able to work the problem. So every problem fully worked on the book's website. So, for whom did I write this? Well, I wrote it for science and engineering students, and notice I don't just say physics and engineering students, because vectors are useful in a lot of physical sciences, as well as in the biological sciences. So, if you're a science student, if you're an engineering student, and you want a deeper understanding of vectors, or if you just want to know what tensors are about, this might be the book for you. And when I say students, I include self-study students and lifelong learners. You have my congratulations. I appreciate your dedication to leading the life of the mind, and I hope this book and these podcasts can help you in your journey.